Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. You know, for the longest time, I used to ask myself, what does it mean to be a spiritual person? And especially nowadays, because I feel like we're seeing this really everywhere where people are talking about cultivating greater consciousness and their spirituality practice and all of the above. And I used to ask myself this all the time, like, what does it mean to be a spiritual person? Because I grew up going to a private school for the majority of my life. And it was a big confusion for me with, okay, religion, spirituality, what is what, what does it all mean? And I know we talk about it a lot between the two of us, Carrie. And so I think this is going to be a really interesting and enlightening episode as we just kind of share our thoughts on what it means to be a spiritual person. Yes, I'm the same as you. For many, many years, I associated spirituality with being a religious person. And I did not grow up religious and have never found a need for that personally in my own life. So spirituality was just always in the background for me as something I didn't need or see a use for. But as I've gotten older, it's funny because I was thinking about how as I've gotten older, I've become more open-minded to a lot of these ideas, which I think that's the opposite. It seems like most people get a little more closed-minded as they get older. Yeah. But the idea of spirituality and that we are a conscious being that has a spirit that needs nurtured and nourished has become a lot more palatable and acceptable to me in my own life. And I've been able to accept that without it having a religious connotation to it which has felt really good for me in my life. So it's like we both had this block against spirituality in early Mm -hmm. adulthood, but for completely opposite reasons, (laughs) because I grew up without a religious foundation and you grew up with a very strong one through your schooling. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so fascinating, like as you shared with us right now, how it affected you. And with me, my family never went to church, really. But my friends, they would go to church. And if I had sleepovers on the weekends, I had to go to church with them. Not had to, but I was invited. And it was so strange to me because my family didn't do that. But it was a private school. We had Bible class every single day. We had chapel on Wednesdays, but it just didn't feel like me. and. Also, the story I would tell myself is that religious individuals or religion cause people to be hypocrites because I saw a lot of hypocritical action amongst my peers. And that really gave me a sour taste. And so I really pushed it away. I shied away from it. I was like, I don't need that. I feel like I'm treating people right where I'm at. But then when I got older and more open-minded, I was like, well, no, I want to figure this. I want something 
I started to have this desire for something. And then you hear people say spirituality is belief in something greater than yourself. And I was like, what does that mean? Then when I started to get that desire one day, I was like, all right, I want a deeper connection to my natural state where I came from, but I struggled still between like, does that make me religious? Because I don't necessarily believe there's only one specific God. I think that the different religions out there, they're so beautiful with the stories that they carry and what they do for people's lives when they're applying those religious aspects. I don't believe one is right over the other. And so that confused the heck out of me for many years. This is such an interesting conversation because for me, I think it went hand in hand with me learning more about myself, which happened to be for me through the Enneagram system. And I realized I had been such a black and white thinker for most of my life and how that didn't serve me well. Of course, sometimes black and white thinking can be great for certain reasons, but a lot of the time, most of life happens in that gray area. And I think I just started yearning for wanting to believe in something a little bit magical or mysterious. Mm -hmm. We as humans do not have all the answers. We do not know everything that is happening on this earth or within this universe. And anyone who thinks or claims they do understand it all is deluding themselves. And anyone who's only willing to believe what they can prove or see or touch is missing a whole realm of possibility in life. I 100% agree because I was there. In our last episode, we talked about the illusion of certainty. And I just prioritize certainty in my life so much. If you couldn't prove it, if I couldn't fool myself into thinking, yes, I do have control over this. No, there was no way that I was going to step into that. But similar to yourself, the more I got curious about my true nature and got curious about why do I feel so different from everyone else that I had within friendships and the different connections and human design and astrology, all of this brought me closer and closer to really asking myself much deeper questions about, again, who am I? And over the years, I've come to believe, and I've said this on the podcast many times, that we come from love. We are love as the source. We are source. We are part of this bigger being, whether it's God, the universe, or actual source spirit that you want to call, we come from that. So that makes us pure love when we enter the world. And then the conditioning, the beliefs start to put those layers up, hand us different masks to wear so that we're ultimately denying our truth, our authentic selves. And so this was a journey back to my truth, my authentic self. That's what I came to recognize about this journey to better understanding human design, especially about who I truly am, who I was born to be before the world told me who I needed to be. And that's my ultimate message when I work with my coaching clients. But we're more than just our bodies and minds. Like you mentioned, this consciousness that we hold. And we have had an episode where we talk about body acceptance, our body, that's the vehicle for our soul and coming to just 
learn and get to know this part of ourselves, it's just, it's beautiful. It's been the most beautiful process for myself over the years. And I think most of us, we can't deny that we know we're more than just our body and our mind. We all have those moments of instinct kicking in when we just have a gut feeling about something or when we get chills about something and we can't explain exactly why, but we know it's because we're connecting with it deeply mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. These are powerful ways of communication that our spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it are communicating to us the same way our mind communicates to us, the same way our body gives us sing signals. And obviously to interact on this planet, we need all three of these modalities. But it's like we've denied as a society the soul piece. Even I think spiritual and religious people tend to forget about it in their day-to-day -day happenings because we're just so stuck in our minds and stuck in our bodies more than mm -hmm. anything else. And I think a lot of the times too, it can be taken into like, what more can I do? What do I need to do in order to become spiritual? or religious. So it's like this doing mindset, this what other work can I put into place instead of recognizing it is just simply being, just being, not trying to do anything else, but to recognize that you already hold this love inside you. You have the answers inside you, but we're so conditioned for that external validation because we're indecisive. We want to fit in. We don't want to upset anyone. We want to do the right thing and doubt ourselves. But it really is like a point of just being, not doing anything else, but just sitting with pure knowledge and, and, of course, the trust in that things are going to happen in divine timing. And when I think of human design in this context, there's two gates that stand out to me. Gate 25, which is gate of love of spirit. And the affirmation for this gate is I am trusting. And this is in the G center. So which is our heart center. This is where we have direction and identity or self-identity. And so it's this trust in divine order and divine timing. So trust that things are going to happen the way they're meant to happen when you release control. It also is a gate that is part of that being that I was talking about. You're not going to do anything to try and prove your love. You're just going to be love. A lot of natural healers have this gate highlighted in their chart. So it's natural hands-on healing ability. And it's just a beautiful gate. I love it so much. And gate 55 is the gate of spirit. And it's more about the recognition that there's infinite abundance and possibilities that life has to offer. And it is all available to you. And it's having, again, part of this, are you willing to trust in source, God, universe? Do you have the courage to let go and to surrender and allow things to unfold the way they are meant to be and what will be if we just allow? So I love those two gates specifically for that focus on learning how to trust and surrender, which is not easy. I love how you were able to talk about the human design system in regards to spirituality, because as humans, like you've said, we all have all the chart in us. So even if you don't have these gates, it doesn't mean that you aren't able to connect on the level that these gates 
allow for. Within the Enneagram system, a lot of people see it as a spiritual system, but it doesn't have to be seen that way. And that's one of the things I really like about it and why I think as a system, it can be really useful or interesting or helpful for everyone. So even if you are a person who does not associate with being religious or being spiritual, the Enneagram system is still a great place to start just in order to better understand yourself and your personality structure. Because once we understand that, we can start deconstructing it and understanding the motivations behind why we behave the way we do and the patterns that we may be stuck in. But on the other hand, the Enneagram is also a really beautiful way that people can connect on a spiritual level with themselves because after you go through this deconstruction, it's difficult not to see that higher self within yourself. Mm -hmm. So the Enneagram, it opens the door to the path if you want to take it, but you definitely don't have to. I mean, a lot of corporations use the Enneagram system for team building and better teamwork and that sort of thing. And it has no spiritual or religious connotation. And then conversely, churches are using the Enneagram system a lot more regularly now because a lot of the components of the system do align with Christian teachings. Wow. So it is a really, really diverse way, no matter what personal belief you may have that can just help you better understand your own personality structure. I love how diverse the Enneagram is. That's absolutely phenomenal. And yeah, like you said, as you deconstruct, you kind of have this new life about yourself that you're like, wow, okay. Some people, especially if you're a line one, like we are, you're like, I have to learn more about it and dive deep into the rabbit hole. You certainly can go that way, or you simply take what feels good and leave the rest. And I love that about both systems. And with human design, even the aspects that make up human design, specifically quantum, the esoteric schools of thought, you have the astrology, you have the Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching chakra system, all of these systems, they've been around for years. And so when you look at where things started and everything starts as a thought, as a dream, and then becomes reality. And to see that these systems are still used over these years and have helped to better people's lives in so many different ways. I love that so much. And I'm very much someone who likes that kind of magical thought process, like you were saying earlier too, like there's so much magic around us. Why close the door to all those possibilities and limit ourselves to just one thought? And that's why I love so much just the variety that these systems provide us to deeper dive into who we truly are at the core as human beings. And for you personally, do you have any specific activities or practices that you like to do just in order to connect with yourself on more of a spiritual level. I love that. So for myself, I do a lot of inquiry work, a lot of self-inquiry and contemplation. And I'll do that a variety of ways. Recently, of course, with human design, I'll look at the gates because we all have all the gates, whether they're highlighted or not. And I'll pick a gate randomly and I will ask myself questions about it. Like, okay, do I trust in divine timing? How can I cultivate greater trust? Because each gate is a human archetype. 
It is something that we will all experience within our lives, whether it's courage, self-trust, decisiveness. And so I like to just sit and contemplate, how am I living out this particular archetype? Am I at the high end or am I in the shadow of it? I do that with the gene keys as well. Richard Rudd, he's the founder of the gene keys and very, very similar to the gates, but a lot of self-inquiry and contemplation. How about yourself? Well, I think the easy answer or the obvious answer is I do have a pretty regular meditation practice. I actually started meditating. I can't remember if I told this story on the podcast yet or not. During COVID lockdown, I was living in Europe. So the lockdown was a lot stricter than in the US. Like we literally couldn't leave our apartments. And I actually happened to have COVID at that time. So I was confined to the bedroom and I couldn't leave and I had no Wi-Fi signal there. So I was like, I'm just going to learn how to meditate. I'd always wanted to have a meditation practice. And not that you can learn to meditate, but I decided to take the time to practice meditating. And ever since then, it's been pretty much a daily practice. Of course, there's a few days when I might not be able to do it if I'm on vacation or something. But meditation has been probably for me the biggest obvious spiritual thing because it's a spiritual practice in and of itself. But something I know that you and I both have started doing more of that might not be a traditional spiritual practice, but just helps us reconnect with our inner child and Mm -hmm. our, I don't know, true nature is through dance. Mm -hmm. I still am very scared to dance in front of people. So whenever I'm alone and I can blare the music, I will dance all around the house. And I used to do this as a kid and a teenager all the time. So it has been really like a very healing thing. I just Mm -hmm. love doing it. So but I'm still awesome. super embarrassed to do it publicly. And, and that's okay, but it's for you. It's for you. It's not for anyone else. But yeah, I can understand like feeling uncomfortable about it because yes, I've been there. Even with my dance instructor, I get so nervous and embarrassed sometimes because I'm not getting something. But then I remind myself that this is my body work. Yoga, you, you mentioned you started meditation. I started yoga during lockdown and that completely changed my life. I've talked about before how dissociation was my MO and it taught me how to start feeling and get back into my body. And that is a great spiritual practice for myself because it's all within getting into your soul, the connection with your soul, your core essence and slowing down part of the being. So dance, yoga, that body work has been crucial for me and definitely life-changing for sure when it comes to me being able to better understand what is my spiritual practice or practices and how enriching it has made my life just knowing that I can cultivate greater trust within myself and trust in divine timing. Just things happen the way they're meant to happen. The less I resist, the more joy I'm going to feel through the process. Another one that I think is talked about a lot, but is more difficult to put into practice is connecting with nature. When I'm just even sitting out in a park or drinking a coffee outside, I really just try to notice everything going on around me, whether it's watching insects or watching the birds or watching the leaves blow and just really trying to see how 
magical all of this is. When I really let myself go there, I could stare at a bird for a long time and Mm. really be in awe of the magicalness of it because it's unbelievable what they can do. And I know it sounds corny, but no, like I can just sit and watch the micro ecosystem of a bunch of ants walking around and be completely captivated. Yep. I I feel like, and so I'm sitting here thinking if I had to put in a nutshell for me, what does being a spiritual person mean? Like you're saying this and I'm like, for me is being in awe of everything around me, of mm. everything in my present moment, nature, just in awe of how incredible it is and how it just works on its own and it's not controlling outcomes. And so is being connected to the source of everything that to me is being a spiritual person just in complete awe of what is happening just within nature and without that control that we want so badly as human beings thank you for listening to this episode if you enjoyed it please consider sharing it with friends and or family We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.